0: President Biden is suddenly focused on the border, but his approach is saturated in lies. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. I'll also discuss Democrat Cory Bush calling Black Republican Congressman Byron Donalds a prop for the GOP. Follow The Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company, expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members, and they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee.
1: During this entire time, Joe Biden has not called me, he did not call me, uh, nor his staff uh, called and uh, let us know either about his visit or to invite us. uh, Until uh, last night, uh, we got a random email to uh, one of my staff members uh, asking if I would be there to meet him on the tarmac. Uh, And so they have failed to communicate. And listen, uh, this visit uh, is about uh, two years too late and about $20 billion short.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's more than two years too late, if we're being really honest about it. It's a a couple decades too damn late for democrat leadership to take any kind of real interest in anything that's going on down there i mean this i i mean i'm sure you guys have seen the pictures now they're everywhere of everything being cleared out which is just asinine to see welcome to the program happy monday to you it's our first it's our first monday and uh we're gonna go through just some of the stuff that's been happening since we parted ways on Friday. And that includes all of the latest with the house speaker stuff, since we have one now. And the top story though, is this border visit. And apparently Biden's also meeting with a number of members of, uh, I know he's meeting with a number of other Democrats and he's also meeting with uh, border. Well said he was going to be meeting with border officials. We'll see whether or not that's actually something that happens, but He's uh, he's didn't actually get to the border and they cleared out all of the encampments, which I'm noticing a trend with Democrats here as it concerns people coming across the border illegally. So these camps that illegal entrants create near these border areas, like when they're waiting to be processed and all of this other stuff. So they they build these little camps and there's like a ton of them. I mean there's there's a quite a few and it, and it's a huge issue because there's also issues of you know you have cartel activity there and it becomes you know a pretty unsafe situation anyway long story short despite these areas and I have friends in and around El Paso they're saying that these these camps have been there for you know a long time that now they went in before Biden shows up and decide to clear everything out. all oh, everybody's got to go. Clear them all out. That's so compassionate. They they cleared out their homes. It's so compassionate. That's what Democrats do. They're so You know how like they very helpfully called the National Garden on everybody and moved them when they were sent to Martha, uh, yeah, Martha's vineyard. I can't, sometimes they all sound the same. They all have these like weird little names up there. So that's kind of you know, that's sort of, I think, illustrative of their compassion or lack thereof. I mean, really lack thereof. They had cleared, like, the, the city streets look spotless. They looked spotless. And some of these photos. I mean, I dare say you could eat a sandwich off one of the, some of the, I mean, I wouldn't, but they looked really clean. And when you compare the before and after photos, my word, what a difference. Why could I'm just curious. Why couldn't they have done that at any other point before then? I mean, they they could have done, you know, clearing that out. They could have done that at any other point prior to Joe Biden visiting, but they didn't. Yeah. Where, go ahead.
2: Did, uh, where did they take them all?
0: Oh, you mean Where'd like they, a serious question?
2: Yeah. Like, where did they put all the homeless that they cleared up? Um, Because I haven't seen any of that data.
0: Well, what do you usually do? Like, if somebody drops, like, comes to your house and you have like stuff laying out, what do you do with it?
2: Put it in the closet or something.
0: Are they shoved in the closet? Does El Paso have a giant closet somewhere that they put everybody in? I
2: hope
0: not. I'm just asking because you know you bring up a really good question. Maybe that's maybe that's what I mean. They said that the and I'm sure they're really going to. I'm sure they really enforced any existing law right when Biden visited. You know they did. Border patrol agents say he's not going to see the problems that they have to deal with. Of course he's not, because he's going there. No one's there. You know, he's, he's going there, and he's not going to see anything. Everything is all clear. This, the pictures the before and after are crazy. If they couldn't make it look nice, they put a fence in front of it. I mean, it is pretty something. It's something else. They had all these encampments. All I'm just looking at photo after photo. After a fo- photo, the Border Patrol Union said, yeah, they cleaned everything up as if nothing unusual ever happens there. Just in time. They go, we suggest landing in Des Moines and telling him it's El Paso. He'll never know the difference. Okay. There's one picture that they have. Uh, James Breeden of Daily Mail took this photo and it's like two, maybe three city blocks and it's all illegal entrant encampments. So people who came in and now they have like no place to go so they're here. And the the before photo shows and I'm just I mean I'm just looking at like three blocks long of people camping on sidewalks. And then they have a little slider feature. And you can see the after totally cleaned up, fencing trash debris all gone. So unreal. They did this so he could pretend that there's not a problem. How nice is that? They said that El Paso had a shelter that they set up in their convention center, but they closed it because they said that it was no longer they didn't need it anymore. So they closed it. But I'm telling you what, that's that is shade. So if you have to clean up the whole if you have to clean it up, that's immediately you're aren't you kind of acknowledging that there's an issue? If you have to clean it up, you're acknowledging that there is an issue, one so bad that it requires somebody to clean it up. And he's not going to see. Therefore, he's not going to have to acknowledge it. If anything, they're just giving him some plausible deniability. That's all they're giving him. But that is something else. And so they've, they've, they tore it down all at night. They, they dispatched hundreds of people across the border so that he wouldn't see how overwhelmed El Paso is. I mean, there's just no, you just can't make this kind of stuff up. And here we are. So that's, that is, that's his, that's what he's been doing. Now, we're going to come back to this because he was also handed a letter from Governor Abbott. Governor Abbott was saying, yeah, they cleared, they cleared everything up. And they, he's not going to, he's not going to get to see anything. So because they cleared everything up. And so they said also too, they were, uh, I mean, there was a church. I'm just looking at a number of other headlines related to this. Also uh, coming up. We'll dive in the latest. The Speaker decision. Well, they finally, I mean, I, you kind of knew it was going to come to pass. You kind of knew that it was going to be Kevin McCarthy. That was just kind of how things were rolling. Kevin McCarthy wins the Speakership, and he agreed to, they the way that it's reported, and i am we're going to dive into this a little bit, they said that he agreed to a number of Uh, concessions and I want to get into some of the concessions because they really aren't some of the rules actually were old Pelosi rules that were being changed and there was one thing that really stuck out to me because he was on the show what was it Kane like a month or so ago he was on the show a while ago well a month ago actually not a while ago it was actually the beginning of December I think ahead of all of this stuff and he what when he was asked about because I, I asked him about everything from you know his his running for speaker what the plan was et cetera one of the things that they had in the conservative plan that he was touting was he wanted to make sure that they honored the seventy two hour rule thing and th- that stuck out to me because I've heard this being presented as a demand and a win for some of the people who had been objecting and you know I'm as I I mean, I don't think that there's anybody on I don't know if there's anybody on radio that is as anti-establishment as I am. But I had to stop and and think because that was something that he had we had discussed and that he had gone over. And so when I went back and I was looking at some of the rules that were, you know, that are being written about as wins. A lot of these, if not all of them, were all Pelosi rules that were already being changed before all of this happened. Like it was something unanimously that Republicans had wanted. And so I, it kind of made me wonder, well, what's going on here then? If this is, I'm just, you know, I've got some questions. So we're going to dive into this as well. Uh, also, media, you're going to get so mad at this story. I have a couple of media malpractices that you're going to want to hear about. Washington Post, you remember, they were one of the biggest proponents of Russian disinformation, Russian, Russian disinformation. So here's their new headline for this morning, guys. Russian trolls on Twitter had little influence on 2016 voters. That is their, that's their headline today. Oh, now it's, that it doesn't matter. Now they're just walking it back. It doesn't matter. What do you mean? We, we weren't, what do you mean Russian disinformation? We weren't talking about any Russian disinformation. What are you guys talking about? There was no, what? No, don't worry about it. It just doesn't exist. I don't know who you're talking about. It was actually, you know, didn't have any, nothing. They had no impact. I mean, that's all we heard about. And Washington Post, remember, democracy dies in darkness. That's the thing that they, they introduced while they were talking about all of this. So that really, they said that Russian influence operations on Twitter in the 2016 election reached relatively few users. Yeah, and as Kane notes, they kept the Hunter Biden story dark. The Hunter Biden story, too, isn't about him snorting coke and gallivanting with hookers. I mean, that's not the big... I mean, it's ridiculous that he does what he does. But the big story is something I've t- we've talked about here on the show forever. His relationships as it relates to China. Business relationships... Because while his dad was vice president, Hunter Biden was visiting China and making business deals. And his dad ended up meeting with a lot of these people with whom they were making business deals. And it was the Biden family firm that was making these deals. And one of the biggest deals that he put together was the acquisition by China of that major that major the one of the biggest cobalt mines in the world in democratic republic of congo and the reason why it's such an important story is because you know this administration's pushing everyone to all electric all electric at a time when people can least afford it all electric at a a time when the materials required for it are held are monopolized by china we don't even have we have like what one rare earth element mine that might be coming along in the next five to nine years. I mean, that's kind of, there's so many regulations and, and things to get through. So the, the, that's a kind of a major issue, the fact that the vice president, and even when he was running for the office of the presidency, he was doing this, is making deals with China that give China even more leverage over a product that we are going to be utterly dependent on, even our military. That is a major story, and it should be a major national security concern, regardless of what side of the political aisle you fall on. So we're going to talk about that, because one of the, the, I just, that's what, how I see people trying to spin away any kind of questioning on this. Jim Jordan, is I don't, I don't know if I've seen anybody more excited to ask questions and sit in like a boardroom-type setting. For this whole thing than, than Jim Jordan I It's like he is the man made For this particular moment in time We're going to talk about all of this. There's a lot Quite a lot to get to and of course we have your, your Favorites Florida Man and so Much more. Thanks to your support Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders In the parallel economy and they have big News. Patriot Mobile now offers Service with all three major Networks. This means if you're with the big Three and like the service but hate their Values you can now access them With Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't support your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call them at 972 Patriot. Get free activation today with offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972 Patriot. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972 Patriot.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: So, the Supreme Court allows WhatsApp, this WhatsApp lawsuit over Pegasus spyware, to move forward. The Israeli company, NSO Group Technologies, is seeking to get away from a lawsuit from Meta, accusing it of using WhatsApp servers to install spyware on 1,400 devices. And so, they're allowing Meta to pursue this suit uh, against this company. They're saying that they access these servers, they put these and put spyware on people's devices. So, that's going to kind of battle out in court, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, Congress voted to ban tiktok but some goofballs are still using it it's a ccp owned and operated app i mean i don't even know why people use it for fun i refuse to use it i just will not bend a knee and open an account on this garbage but congress voted on a bill banning it this is back in december i mean there were democrats even saying that okay this is dangerous yet some of them still post on it like Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. And they said that oh, because Democrats want to use it to connect with what Gen Z voters, but not even all of Gen Z is on TikTok. There's a significant portion of Gen Z that absolutely hate TikTok and other social media, things like that. I mean, they just they can't stand it. They think it's cringy. And it is. I mean, seriously, I I just don't get it. There's so many of these DM apps out there. Uh, Also, moving on here, uh, this is we're going to talk about this a little bit. The Fifth Circuit overturned a Trump era, the Trump era bump stock ban. You guys remember this? I've always said that this is about trigger engagement. It was a 13 to 3 decision. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans ruled that bump stocks are not covered under the same machine gun law. So what that means is they're arguing that you can't say that bump stock isn't that any kind of device that uh, that like a bump stock, it's not an NFA item. And what that means is NFA is National Firearms Act. And so you have Full auto and silencers, suppressors, things like that that are that are considered what they call NFA items. So that's a National Firearms Act regulation, and that's when you have to go get your tax stamp and do all this other stuff. So the court concluded that the ATF, which they did, rushed the process by quickly approving a rule to define bump stocks as machine guns, in which they did not have the congressional authority to do so. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this, because regardless of what, I don't like bump stocks. I think they're stupid, because I think it's a waste of ammo. Ammo's a but I'm worried about the trigger engagement precedent that it establishes. That has always been my concern over it. And I just, you know, and uh, U.S. Safety Agency is considering a ban on gas stoves I will actually go in the streets for this. This is because dumb progressive women were, uh, were told that this was going to harm their babies. These women don't even cook. I bet they didn't even turn their stove on. Stay with us.
1: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
2: But it doesn't get to the heart of the issue, and, and quite frankly, the the processing that happens at the Bridge of the Americas is commercial traffic. There there are not uh, facilities there to process individuals, and so you know maybe the tone of this will change uh, when he goes to the county facility. But but so far, I mean, this is this is very much a dog and pony
1: show. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And that's a local reporter in Texas saying this about. I mean. Saying this about Joe, I just saw a ridiculous piece of audio, and it's totally distracted me. This is what happens when we do when everything's live. Hang on, I'm putting this in Slack. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lashier. That was a local Texas reporter talking about Joe Biden's drive-by in El Paso, guys. He literally, apparently, just he. Oh man, he. Let me explain this. (laughs) We're gonna play it. God help us all right now. (sighs) He um met with some of the folks from the Salvation Army, and I guess apparently he thought that they were with Polish or Ukrainian forces, and I can't make this up. Go ahead, go ahead and play this, go ahead, go ahead. And here we have both the Salvation Army, who also
1: mm-hmm. have a <laughs>
0: What? So she says. You know, here we have some folks from the Salvation Army, and he says, "Yes, I've spent some time with the uh, Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine." Oh, Kane. And that's today's show, guys. Have a great day. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Oh my gosh. Oh, where do we go from here? I wasn't, ex- now you guys see why I was distracted, because I saw this, I was like, no way, this is not real, it's real, that's real. So Biden's in, he went to just see the clean parts of El Paso, I guess, I don't know. He, uh, whew, I'm telling you. And so he's he's having what they're calling the Three Amigos Summit, Kylie is we is that bad? Because like Trump has a taco salad on Cinco de Mayo, and he's, you know, King Klansman. And, it, you know, they're sitting here, the Biden administration's calling this a Three Amigo Summit. C.C. Poadwee. Yeah, C.C. Poadwee. How does she say bodega again? Bodega. Bogoda. Bodega. Bodega? Bodega. Oh, my gosh. So he's, uh, he's going on his presidential trip to Mexico now. They make it, can I just say, why the hell are they, why did, what do they got to go down there? They act like they're going to go down and personally investigate why people are fleeing or why people are leaving. Because it's, I think people just because the United States is is a great place to live, and we have more freedom, but not everybody qualifies for asylum. But they act like everyone's that Joe Biden and his administration are going down there to investigate. So why are you coming here illegally to the United States? Remember when Cal, uh, Kamala Harris was going uh, to South America and Central America and visiting with different leaders? She was going to. Try to investigate the roots of why people are, why Im- illegal immigration is the way it is. Like, you're really going, I'm sure you're really walking and through the villages and watching coyotes pass handbills out to everybody. I'm really sure. So he's uh, arriving, he arrived in Mexico City after El Paso. Monday and Tuesday, he's going to be at the North American Leader Summit. One-on-one discussions, trilateral meetings, working lunches, photo ops, all of it. I'm uh, we'll see. what We'll see what happens. I don't know. He's already just really that sound bite there with him talking to the people from Salvation Army. And I guess he thinks they're from Poland and U- Ukraine. Wow. OK. That's going to be that'll be a fun. Th- that's going to be fun to revisit all the time. So they're having their again what's called the three Amigo summit. And they're expected, apparently, to address Mexican energy policies. Canada is, in part, doing this, too. They say they discriminate against foreign investors in fossil fuel and renewable energy sectors. They've been trying to figure out some kind of settlement, but they haven't had success in doing it. And they apparently there's a possibility that the United States and Canada could request a dispute settlement panel to hear their complaint, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and apparently, they're... Uh, it, it will will We'll bring anything that, that arises But I can't imagine The only stuff that ever comes out from Biden on this stuff Is, faux, is you know he messes up and does faux pas like this Because I just don't believe that he has the spine To hold anybody to account or question anyone Why are you not doing more uh, on your side of the border On these issues, etc, cetera, etc cetera. You know, how, how bought are you by the cartels? Cartels run everything And they, they let you know it too can I switch gears and talk about some wokery here, please? Not the gas stove thing. I'm going to get the M&M thing out of the way. Sorry. Okay. I am made of jokes on this, none of which I can share on air. Except one. There's only one that I can share on air. So here's the story. Oh, golly. Help us all. The M&M people, the Mars Candy people, are releasing an all-female pack Celebrating women everywhere who are flipping the status quo. They said the package, they have their first ever pack of all female M&Ms. Okay, I've got a major question because I didn't know that I was previously eating men M&Ms. Because I thought it was just candy. I didn't realize I was eating gendered beans. Was I consuming a confection covered gendered bean every time I downed a bag of M&Ms? And I thought it was just candy. I mean, I didn't know we were, you know, having some franken beans and everything else going on here. I mean, what in the world? So they said that they have limited edition M M&M packs that feature its female characters. C- Kane, without, close your eyes from it, pretend, well, you've already seen the graphic. Do you know which Ms are the chick Eminems? Because I wouldn't know.
2: If not for the commercials and all the marketing pushing, I wouldn't at all.
0: And they're in the way that they, dis- and apparently two of them are lesbians. Because it's very important for you to know how your candy has sex. Two of them are lesbians. Why though? The brown M&M and the green M&M are lesbians. And the purple M&M, they say, is plus size. Oh. Oh, this f- is so stupid. I can't. Guys, bye. Have a great night. Bye. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to stop happening. The They've. I thought it was just that it was gonna See, you know what? The dude M&M's. They never had these issues. They're like, it's a bag of candy. Shut up and eat it or don't. With this, though, it's like, well, these two M&Ms are lesbians. This M&M is plus size. Nobody cares because it's candy. They said that the green, brown, and newly introduced purple M&M, the purple's the fat one, is the, oh, sorry, plus sized. Shut up. When have I ever been politically correct? I am not reading that out loud, Kane. Do not. They said supporting women and flipping the status quo. And to be t- super cringe, they put the women upside down on the package because, you know, flipping upside down, ha, 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 And they said that the point is to show women are flipping how they define success, which is some stupid word salad. And then they also confirmed that the, the green and the brown M&M are lesbians. And they had tweeted out that, they were spending time together so here's the ladies candy oh my gosh this is so dumb why does this matter is there a what i'm sorry but if there no i'm not actually at all this needs to be said if there's a woman out there who's so fragile that she's just can't work and she can't define success and she can't do anything else and then i saw this bag of candy and it changed my life no one has ever said that this is all virtue signaling to get earned ad the, uh, earned media. That's all it is. It's free advertising for them because they did something dumb. And in part we are feeding into it, but also I think this goes to show you how far bad, how far off our society is. I mean, you know who I really wanted for speaker of the house? Smod. Um, I wanted Smod as speaker of the house because Smod doesn't care about your lesbian chocolate candy. Huh? He only needs one appearance. That's it. So the upside down packages mean to celebrate women who flip the status quo. What is the status quo? I don't even know what that what is it? The status quo is bitchy women. That is the status quo. So are they being less that because I don't see it. Do you see it? You can uh, you get a pass. You can say it. I don't see it. This is so goofy. Guys, you, you don't need stuff like that. Dudes do not need candy like this. Dudes do not need their candy to affirm them. This isn't even a difference between men and women. This is a difference between smart people and stupid people. Because smart people, regardless of their gender, do not need their candy to affirm their decisions. I just don't know. Am I really flipping the status quo? Let's go and see what my M&M's package says. Don't know. I mean, do you really feel... Not seen in life unless you know that your two pieces of candy, you don't have sex a certain way. Do you feel firm? Like, I was really feeling alone in life. Then I realized that my favorite candies also have sex a certain way. So I felt so much see I feel seen. I feel seen. I feel it. <laughs> I- they said that purple they added last year, the fat one. Sorry, the plus-sized one. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not plus. It's like you're getting something extra and you're not. You're just getting more of the same. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. <sighs> that's a mean trick, isn't it? So <laughs> Somebody out there is going to get mad. And I don't care. It's 2023 and we're going to stop caring about your stupid triggers. I don't care. Go to hell. I don't care. <laughs> if we had a, if we had an HR, you could report it to them, but we don't. So, <laughs> so they said that they, uh I was going to say something about the purple one. Oh yeah. The purple one was introduced in 2022 to promote inclusivity. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I would imagine just by being candy or being inclusive, right? Uh-huh. The
2: plus size though doesn't lend to gender or any sort of sexual ideology. So is it a woman?
0: Yeah, cuz the eyelashes.
2: Is Oh, is that what it is? My bad. Yeah.
0: I mean, normally, you're anything that stereotypes in terms of advertising to appeal to women is considered sexist. But if you want to put giant fake stripper lashes on an M&M character to denote that it's a woman, that's okay.
2: Oh. Yeah, I get uh huh. If so you uh huh,
0: yeah, exactly. My bad. Yeah, so that's there's that. So I don't. Know. So you, now you have candy that you can. I'm made of jokes on this, and as our friend Michelle said, yes, you can tell that it's the all lady package because there are no nuts. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh. I I'm just there's so many. I, there's so many jokes, I can't. It, uh, one more thing. The flavor. People have been asking about this. Does the flavor change? I'm also made of a million jokes about this, which Kane has told me, for the love of all things holy, do not share on air. I'm just
2: cautious. That's all I am.
0: My first thought was that the flavor could be like The second thought was that it tastes like estrogen and bitterness. So there you go. All right. I could go on and on. I just think things like this need to be, it's fun to make fun of dumb things. And it is, I think it's, yeah, it's dumb to make fun of dumb things. And I just can't, I I don't know why they think that this is, isn't this kind of, isn't this like sexist? It is. All right. We have I have a lot more. I have more Wokery, believe it or not. And also a bunch of sec. there's a a few Second Amendment headlines in the news. And we got to talk about this gas stove thing because there are legit. There's an actual agency that wants to ban gas stoves and electric stoves are garbage. Electric stoves are reminders that there are some people who don't trust themselves enough to cook on gas. I am vicious on this topic. I don't think that there is a topic I am meaner on than the gas versus electric stove issue, because I'm a major foodie. I bake and I cook, and electric electric stoves are garbage's garbage. It there it's horrible. And there's an actual U.S. agency. And you want to know how this got started? It got started because all these new moms out there are going. I just don't know. Gas stove may be dangerous to my baby. I can't. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about this too. We're in a, we're in rare form today, guys. You so you don't, <laughs> don't want to miss any other part of the show
1: shooting down woke culture one crazy headline at a time it's the dana show
0: and you can sign up for the email newsletter on substack chapter and verse which goes out regularly throughout the week make sure you check it out as well as uh following us on facebook and youtube like and subscribe pills for everything now check this out associated press children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12, surgery for those as young as 13, according to new guidelines from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Or you could maybe just give them some vegetables and an apple. Why is that not, why is that not a possibility, out of curiosity? Hmm? Million dollar question, right? Why is that not an option? That's never an option. They say the guidelines aim to reset an inaccurate view of obesity as a personal problem, a failure of a person's diligence. Actually, yeah, it kind of is in some regards. Now, there are instances where people do have hormonal issues or they have thyroid issues or there's something that actually affects their body's metabolism and inhibits their ability to burn fat or makes them, ex- makes them stored excessively. I mean, I shouldn't have to paint a picture and be like, there are things that we call exceptions. Can you say that word? Exception. I shouldn't have to be like that stupid and, you know, talking about it. But the drive-bys. But the problem is, is that kids are sedentary. They really are. You, you, you got to fight and, and push to get them outside and play. When you, I mean, back in the day, you wanted to be outside to play. I don't know. I used to, I can't believe my parents let me do half of the stuff. My grandparents, they'd let me take my little three-wheeler and I'd be out in the woods. I wouldn't come back for hours. The hell kind of, what did, what, who, what, how responsible were you? Stay with us. President Biden is suddenly focused on the border, but his approach is saturated in lies. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll explain where Biden is wrong and where he is blatantly trying to deceive us. I'll also discuss Democrat Congresswoman Cory Bush, calling Black Republican Congressman Byron Donalds a prop for the GOP. And I'll tell you why you might want to stay away from me on the ski slopes. Follow The Sarah Carter Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get
2: your podcasts.
1: Well, uh, Governor Abbott uh, is not collaborating with the federal government on an issue that requires collaboration. We cannot have the rights and the needs of individuals who are seeking humanitarian relief in the United States be exploited for political purposes. We cannot have unilateral governor action that is not coordinated with the federal government to address uh, an issue that is of national importance.
0: So that is Alejandro Mayorkas who is criticizing uh, Texas governor Greg Abbott and Abbott's the moves that he's taken with regards to the I mean what is it anywhere from five to seven thousand illegal entrants per day at the southern border. Welcome back to the program. Second hour of the nationally syndicated radio show. Your lovable little curmudgeon here behind the mic with you to get your Monday started. And I I had listened. Abbott had responded to that this morning, and we've talked about the governor. I've talked about this issue on the show because here's the problem with this, and 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 I do think that this will end up being some uh, uh, because they're, they're it sounds like they're going to have that fight. I think it will end up being some kind of tenth amendment thing. When you're a border state, or really any governor, you have it's in your state constitution that you can do certain things to protect your citizenry for the well-being of your citizens. I mean that's why you've it's why you've been elected. And as it relates to border issues bordering Mexico, the federal the administration can't hide behind, well, we're the federal government, so uh, we have supremacy here. It's kind of a quasi-commandeering clause violation. So the Tenth Amendment states rights this is something that's that's I think most recently uh, came before the court back in the '90s, uh, Prince v. U.S., and this was the fight over Tenth Amendment and what states can are expected and not expected to do. And the Prince case, as I remember it, had to do with the Brady Bill and when they were passing background checks. And the federal government wanted states to run a federal program, run finance, resource, everything, the, their, their background check program, the system. And states did not want to use their taxpayer dollars to fund a federal program. And so there was the lawsuit over that and the Supreme Court found in favor of the states because the federal government was accused of commandeering. You cannot commandeer state resources for federal programs. And in many instances, that's what's happening here. You have the federal government, which is insisting on a completely open border policy, and yet they want to commandeer the resources of these border states to pay for that policy. When it's these border states that bear the brunt, not just of the criminal activity, but also the cost of it. Texas taxpayers are on the hook more for illegal immigration than in Massachusetts. Taxpayers in Massachusetts, taxpayers in border states pay more for this than those people in other states do. And so for Martha's Vineyard to call the National Garden because they couldn't handle 24 hours of dealing with 100 illegal entrants when you have border states that deal with that. Towns along the border of, of middle class means that deal with six to seven thousand illegal entrants per day. I just, it's goofy. So, this is what I, I, I think that there is real, and I know that there are a couple of things working their way up through the system on that. Uh, but, you know, for the administration to sit here and say that, well, he's going it alone because you forced these governors in this very difficult position. And whenever governors try to do more, uh, I remember what was it, Jan Brewer in Arizona? She was trying to do a lot more and send people back across the border. The Obama administration sued her and threatened to arrest her. I mean, this is how crazy they fought with everybody from Perry to Brewer. I mean, name somebody they fought with them. So this is the issue here, and this is one of the the big uh, big lies that they keep pushing on this. So I and I was glad that 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 Abbott has set that straight, but. I think a lot of these people who keep saying this, who keep pushing this issue, I mean, it's, um, it, you, you can't demand an open border and then demand that states pay for your open border program. That states pay for your open border and they use all of their border patrol resource, everything to deal with it. You just can't do that. Now, as it relates to the House race, so I think it was, what, 14th, 15th, 15th round, Kevin McCarthy finally wins. You knew it was coming, though. It was going to happen at some point. Uh, just it 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 gets it, it. just gets to that. I there was a couple. There were a couple of things I noticed. You had uh, it wasn't a fight. I don't think it was a dust up. You had Mike Rogers, who was was it Richard Hudson who grabbed him in the face. I think so. Rogers was pointing his finger at Matt Gates at one point in a heated moment. He wasn't fighting with him or anything. I think people who say that it was a fighter. You've never been in or witnessed the fight. But I don't know why Hudson had to grab Rogers across the face. That's just like he was, oh, no, I'm going to hold you back, bro. And Rogers wasn't even actually doing anything. So you ended up having uh, Lauren Boebert vote present. And that present vote lowered the threshold to help. uh, Well, ultimately, that lowered the threshold and lowered the amount of votes needed to clinch the speakership. So it was a way of getting things done without endorsement. So a few ways to look at this, because there's a lot of discussion about the rules. And I think that there's, excuse me, I think there's a lot of confusion about it too, because the rules that everybody was talking about, you have the Pelosi rules, the previous Pelosi rules. And as I've said before, we had McCarthy on a couple of months ago to talk about this. And one of the things that he had brought, or that I had brought up with him was, you know, for instance, are you, what are you going to do about, the uh, time that's given to lawmakers to actually read and process legislation before taking a vote on it, because under Pelosi they didn't really have a lot of time. So a lot of the rule changes were changing these Pelosi rules, and uh, actually creating something. And there were everybody was pretty much on board with it. Uh, I think that you had the seventy-two hour thing. There was a whole bunch of other uh, negotiate a whole bunch of other rules changes, and that was just changing over from the Pelosi way of doing things and the I guess what one of the concession rules they said they wanted to allow any member to offer a privilege resolution declaring the office office of speaker vacant meaning that a member of the house can call a vote to remove McCarthy from his position that was I think one of the new ones the current pay-as-you-go requirements that was always going to happen because that was a Pelosi it was a change from Pelosi status quo so I don't know why that's being presented as a get. Because that was something that every Republican had been on board with. To authorize to suspend the entry of aliens. This was not, this was not a new thing. Again, this was a change from Pelosi. They, uh, they, there's a lot of the stuff that uh, one of them was you know, the 72-hour rule, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, you also... I'm looking at um, Tony Gonzalez, who's a Republican, who came on and he was blasting. He went on, I think it was uh, MSNBC over the weekend, and he had been blasting Republicans on some things because he was saying that, well, you know, if any of these new people, if uh, he had said that, he was asked about other uh, Republicans voting against, uh, I'm pulling this this up because it was on MSNBC's Face the Nation. It was the rules package. And Gonzalez says, well, if this insurgency caucus decides to put anti-immigration legislation on the floor and masquerade it as border security, that's not going to fly. That was his quote on Face the Nation. Okay, well, that first off, that language doesn't help, number one. Number two, who in the hell did that? Number three, he's the only part Republican in the House who didn't sign on to Chip Roy's immigration package. Oh, and the other thing is that he had actually... ...been challenged. Uh, Who was it? Raul Reyes, who was a legitimate, really good uh, conservative candidate, who was challenging him. And this was another bad... I think this was another bad uh, endorsement from Trump, because Trump got in and backed Gonzalez, and Gonzalez wasn't winning until that happened. Uh, Raul Reyes was going to win, and then Tony Gonzalez got a Trump endorsement, and it allowed Tony Gonzalez to win by 45 votes... And now, to hear Gonzalez talk about immigration, he acts like he's you know defending the damn cartels. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So yeah, I don't want to hear him use that kind of language you you didn't you you didn't win your race by enough to act like that much of a hard ass. I gotta be honest so i and I think that and that language is so ridiculous so a lot of the rules that and you know we're I know they're moving on. I think McCarthy said uh, one of the first things that they're going to do is repeal the funding. Audio, soundbite one, real quick. Is repeal the funding for these IRS agents? Listen. All right, I'll play here. So McCarthy no, says, no, eyes, "There we eight. go."
1: But when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for eighty-seven thousand new IRS.
0: That's good. That's good, and they can. And they, they, they absolutely can. And so, and they will. I would imagine that they will. Now, this, some of these other rules changes, like I said, I really, and I know that people. So apparently, what is it? The Armed Services Committee. Matt Gates was requesting a gavel for the committee. He was asking for a gavel for that committee. So remember what I told you, there are instances where there were not, there were some of the people who were objecting, who were not the ones who were demanding positions on certain committees. And there were absolutely, I have heard from the mouths of more more members than I can count on both hands, that there were some who were demanding positions and they wanted to be feted. Just saying. So both were true. They were both absolutely true. And some of them were people who were objecting. Which, you know, is kind of disappointing to hear. But the whole thing with this is the rules that if you're going to go hard to win change for something, then make sure that it's actual change. Because aside from like two things that involve specifically McCarthy, these were rules, all of them. That were being changed over from Pelosi anyway. So every time you have a new speaker, the rule you ha- you the rules change. They change different rules on different, and and that was one of the things that I mean, uh, th- all of these things were being changed over from Pelosi's speaker tenure. So this, I don't know why all of this is being promoted as such a big get, because it's not. And I'm not trying to, I'm not downplaying the importance of anything. I kind of, I, like I said, you've got to be very careful. There are no 100% good angels in this industry. And it is an industry. It's politics. Every single person, even the best ones, always have an angle. Every one of them do. I've done this since I was in my late 20s. I have seen way too much. It's one of the reasons why I hate going to D.C. I just like to stay in Dallas at this point. Because I have seen too much And I know how these people operate There are no 100% good angels in this And everybody's got an angle So Just so you know It's being presented as something that it really Is not But it is what it is at this point I do think all of our time was wasted And I say it was wasted because if you're going to fight For a rule change, make it more significant Than not having a McCarthy pack In a safe race Don't claim that automatic rule changes, which are coming anyway, simply because of a changeover in power. Don't claim that those are new concessions when they I actually had people on the show months ago talking about them. I'm just saying. And by the way, all of that's available on this thing called the Internet. So you can go and check those receipts if you'd like to.
2: And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech.
0: All right, so first up, a new Gallup poll says a massive majority of all of us are extremely pessimistic about the future. Are we? I'm not really. It just I think people are just cranky because everything everybody's making just everybody's being miserable. They say 90% of Americans expect this is going to be a year of political conflict. 72% think crime is going to increase. 56% think there are going to be labor union strikes. 85% of believe in world affairs that it's going to be fraught with discord rather than peace. Oh wow. And 73% do think China's power will increase. They do 64% do think Russia's power will decrease. So yeah, but I also think Actually, no I, I I am a proud cynic I don't know if I want to say Don't be cynical Because I think that It's healthy In some respects 9,000 nurses In New York City Are set to go On strike After failed negotiations With two major hospitals 7,000 are striking Are set to strike today And apparently Tons of people Are outside there Expected to grow I guess uh, All throughout the week But they said that Tons of elected procedures were suspended. Infants from neonatal intensive care units were transferred to other hospitals. It's, uh, they wanted a wage increase that other hospitals have agreed to. So that's the source of that strike. Uh, New York City thieves used an old trick to distract a Brinks truck driver and then grab the $300,000 cash inside. They asked him for directions. It was something that simple. They asked him for directions and then did that. And a comet flyby is coming. We haven't seen it. It's a once in a civilization event. It's not SMOD. This one hasn't been around since the Stone Ages, though. Stick with us.
1: Your one stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. I've not been shy about saying that McCarthy's protracted fight over the speaker's gavel with members of his own party was a continuation of that insurrection. Am I wrong? Am I going too far?
0: No, you're not going too far. Wow. Jiminy Christmas. This is so insane. Oh, I'm so tired of these words being used too. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. The bottom of our third hour. This reminds me, I'm so tired of, I mean, I'm used to Democrats using this. I'm done with, I am done with people like Tony Gonzalez using this. He does, he's like, keeps doubling down on this whole insurgent language. Uh, he, this guy, Gonzalez barely won his runoff against an actual constitutionalist. He had to beg Trump for an endorsement. Trump gave him an endorsement and Tony Gonzalez barely won. He eked out a 45 vote win. That's it. He tweeted just a little bit ago, quote, I have fought insurgents my entire life. And he has a picture of himself in uniform because he's literally comparing people who disagreed with him on policy to actual jihadis that's insane absolutely insane and inexcusable good grief i'm i'm so tired of this crenshaw walked back he, he walked back his uh and apologized for his you know terrorist thing he's like i was just you know saying i think it's I think it is, people need to be, especially when using language like insurgent and terrorist, it has nothing to do with sensitivity. It has nothing to do with sensitivity. It has to do with Democrats casually taking this casual usage of language and trying to make it a legitimate classification to put people on lists. If you remember, Kathleen Rice... It was a sitting sitting elected official, House of Representatives, Democrat. She didn't just call me by name. She called every Second Amendment supporter. She called them domestic terrorists. Democrats were using that language to describe Second Amendment supporters. They were saying you're those are terrorists, domestic terrorists, etc. This was happening at the same time that they were also trying to introduce legislation. To more easily add people To the uh, whatever watch list that they wanted And we talked about this last week That you know this whole issue of watch lists and everything It's you nobody knows who's on them or not They I mean it's actually really difficult to You know get yourself off of the list it's difficult to get off the list it's It's very expensive. I was giving you examples of some of my friends who had been on these lists and so the the problem is that you know using this language like this to describe people who simply have a policy disagreement with you actually helps the left, who has tried to mainstream this as an actual legitimate way to measure whether or not someone should be included on a watch list and denied rights. James O'Keefe was on a list and they blocked him from buying a gun and he had to hire a lawyer and deal with it. And that's the... You have terror watch lists and, and no-fly lists. And, and sometimes they cross over, especially when it comes to getting on planes. So that's... We don't need to help them with this kind of language. We really don't. And for somebody like Tony Gonzalez... Tony Gonzalez also is the only... Uh he is the only from what i understand individual who has not signed on to Chip Roy's immigration package. <sighs> I don't know. But i i really I really take issue with someone sitting here saying, well, you know, whatever. I don't I don't give a rat's ass if you fought jihadis. That doesn't give as an excuse to call someone that you dislike on policy a jihadi. I mean, if he wants to have an appeal to his service, I will remind him that appeals to service doesn't matter, considering this is a republic founded on overthrowing what was de facto military rule and absence of representation in a monarchy. So, FYI. So ridiculous. I'm just tired of this stuff. I'm tired of it, tired of it, tired of it. Now, a few other things here. So the... Let's talk... I, I really feel... I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, over the weekend, since this came up over the weekend. There was a piece from Scientific American that they're trying to argue... That, and this was uh, on Friday, they said that their a terrifyingly ordinary nature of football's violence disproportionately affects black men. So they're trying to say that football is violent. And they made it a big thing about race. They tried to, they argued that it's disproportionately played by black athletes. So it disproportionately affects black men. And actually, they're, they're, the reality, I mean, you have NFL, college football. They just are the best players, period. I mean, nobody sits here and focuses on race. They focus on who's the best player. There was uh, Tony Dungy who, was, who replied. Actually, there were several football players who replied. They said, uh, uh, he had said, as a black man and former NFL player, I can say this article is absolutely ridiculous. And they asked, should the NFL seek to achieve more equitable racial representation? Oh, my gosh. So, you had a bunch of people, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed on the field. And everybody gets on bended knee, and they pray. And everybody was very united. And everybody was on the same page, wishing him the best and hoping he recovers. And it was like one of the, you know, you saw people behaving nicer in football than you have had in years. Nobody was arguing over kneeling. I mean, people were kneeling for the right things. And i is it because they saw that unity that they decided to be like, wait a minute, we can't have this, so let's throw something in it. Let's throw something in it. Let's do a race thing. Let's throw something in there. i That's the only thing I can think of. This is one of the goofiest things ever. It is really, it is silly. My youngest son played football. He played football up until high school. And then it was like, yeah, he's not going to, he just enjoyed it. It wasn't for a big, a football serious down here in high school. And even at that level, I mean, the stadiums down here are crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big Friday night lights is a real thing. And people have so, when we moved down here, there were signs in the yards and everything else. If your kid plays football, you got the sign in the yard with their football number. It's what you do. You put the sign up, you got a wreath on. I mean, it is a big deal. You go out, you got the bells and whistles on. I mean, it is, it's, it is a very, very big deal. And, I think kids make that decision. Are you going to, because it's a huge commitment when you get to high school. And my youngest was like, I just played it for fun. I don't want to commit that and make, turn it into a chore. I'm not doing that. So he wanted to do some other stuff. He already knew where you know what he was going to do. And so I, they and they teach you too how to, I mean, there's a lot of technical aspects of tackling and all this stuff. But the idea that now they're just trying to make, they're trying to make it a race thing. I'm just so tired of it. Either things are, are not diverse enough Or they say they're too diverse they're, People are never happy Grievance mongers are never happy And they always Pop up when it seems as though People are united, right? Like everybody was, I don't think people have been this united enough With regards to football In a long time And then they had to come out with this article And push this narrative all, they, they were doing this all weekend I saw this going out all weekend and Kane thinks it's also a good distraction from the vaccine discussion. I mean, I just don't, I'm not going to mainstream cardiac events. I do think that there is, there, both of these things can be true. I do believe that there exists the perfect hit that's a real thing. I've seen it happen. I literally, I keep bringing, well, the only time I ever actually saw it happen live was when I was watching it. It was Chris Pronger in the blues. Got hit by a slap shot. The perfect hit. So it is real It does happen and it is rare But I keep hearing all these instances Again about people dropping on on the field People dropping on the pitch People falling over on the court There are a lot of instances And I am not going to be lectured to by people People who say don't you dare talk about the vaccine Or ask about their vaccine status When we were told to go to New York Or go to anywhere else You had to download a damn app And tell everybody whether or not you were vaccinated Before you got to step into the premises Shut up you cannot have it both ways, don't you? Ask about their personal. Oh, but you could ask about our personal to go in and eat at a at a at a, a Chili's. Come on, not even doing this. Not even doing this. Yeah, and you noted too. Pronger was Pronger was out for a few weeks. Hamlin looks a little. His Pronger his look a little different. Pronger yeah. actually played the next game. I mean, he Pronger was... Pronger
2: played the next game. He he wasn't out for weeks. Unfortunately, I mean. for for this particular point. But Hamlin, the the puck to the chest, way more dense, way faster than that hit he took to the chest, which is a routine kind of a tackle you see on football. That's why there's so many questions. It's because every time you do, apparently the question about VAC status is only for important things in life, like which restaurant you want to go to.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can only ask that.
2: Not when somebody drops. I'm sorry,
0: before we have you come in here and have some of our fried calamari we need to know, well, did you get the injection?
2: Right. I mean, that was an unprecedented I drop I didn't the go to
0: New York for, I actually turned down meetings in New York. I refused to go because I was like, I have not been injected. I'm not going to get injected and I'm not putting a dumbass app on my phone. I actually turned, I, I actually, it was a business. Yes, it was a business thing. It was a, it was a meeting and it, I turned down an opportunity because I was not going to go to New York for the meeting. Because I would have had to prove that I had had and I had already had the virus. I would have had to prove that I had the injection and I had to put do all this other stuff. And I was like, not going to do it. And I got to tell you, my agent was like, are you nuts? And I'm like, yep, I'm not going up there. I'm not doing it. I don't need it. Like I can just do this and this and I'm totally fine. I don't need to do this. I don't need to prove myself. I don't need to do it. So no, my agent's like, wait a minute. You so you're really not. i said, no, I'm not. I am not going to go up there. And and if I were to fake it, here's the thing. If you were to fake it, if I were to go up there and fake that I had had the injection, then you realize, I, like, what's the, I don't know if it differs state by state, but that's, an, that's like a, a, it could be a felony. I could have been deprived, potentially, of my right to own a firearm because I would not get a non, uh, not really a vaccine injection And I would have had it to move about freely to where I was going. And if I would have lied and faked it like a fake idea or something, a fake vax pass, then that could have been actionable. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? So no, I told my I was like, I'm not doing it. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to say? And I go, you can quote me exactly that. I'm not getting a fake A double snakes vaccine and downloading this stupid app. I go, you can ask, I said, ask them, have they heard of Zoom? I said, or FaceTime? Or something else? I don't even have Zoom. I hate, I hate Beijing-owned tech so bad. I won't even put Zoom on my phone or my computer or anything. I'm like, have they heard of you know? Yeah, like uh, FaceTime or anything else? I'm like, do we not have any other technology that you got to get on a plane? I said, are they going? Am I going to get compensated if I get jacked up because of a stupid shot that I would have to have even just to get in the building to see? I said, no. And he's like, I cannot. So what am I supposed to say? And I go that I'm not getting no a double snakes injection. That's what you can say. <laughs> I'm not getting no dumb a double snakes injection. I'm not downloading a stupid app on my phone. That's what you can say. Yeah. They were like, oh, my gosh. But it's true. I am just like, I don't want it. I don't want anything that badly. Sorry. I don't. Bye. Bye. That's it. We got Florida. Man. I'm not even exaggerating. I thought he's gonna strangle me. He's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not I'm not doing it.
2: It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man.
0: Man. All right, so let's try this one. Some of these I can't even. Oh, my gosh. All right, so this, let's just say two Florida men, uh, apparently, hang on, let me pull this up. Well, it was A Florida, it was a landlord. He was arrested after locking his tenants in a garage and threatening to kill them. This guy also has one of the wildest mullets I've ever seen. And I've stared at this picture trying to figure out if it's a wig or not. Because it's I don't know, it's gray and long gray stringy hair, but I mean he he's got a twenty head. It's not a forehead. Uh, uh, W.E.S.H. Channel 2 said that 66 66 year old Lawrence Cohen was arrested after deputies arrived at his home and they found the victims locked into a garage. Volusia County Sheriff's deputies say the victims were able to dial 911 and explain the issue and deputies arrived on the scene. They said they spoke to Cohen through the door of the residence. He told them that he wanted the tenants out. They said that they told the the distraught deputy said they told the distraught landlord they would walk the tenants out. Cohen still refused. They had to finally kick in the door and try to arrest him. They had to tase him and put him in handcuffs because he was not going to comply. So he's arrested for resisting arrest and false imprisonment. I know. This is... Woo, boy. This is crazy. This is a deputy. Come on. A Florida deputy was found passed out behind the wheel. He had a .234 blood alcohol content level. A bag... A bag of whiskey bottles... And a beer in a koozie in a cup holder. In his cruiser. He was found drunk and slumped over in his agency-issued cruiser. Alcohol bottles, not just in the bag, the bag of whiskey bottles. That's a new one. They also had alcohol bottles all throughout the the vehicle. He was found unconscious in his Mark Cruiser uh, at an intersection. And he had stopped at a red light and fell unconscious. A woman walked up to the passenger side. She found him slumped over and asleep. She was the one who called nine one one, and of course they arrived and he came too. And he he put it was going to put his cruiser in drive and realize they had him blocked in. So he was a little reluctant to step out, but that's wow. So he was. Here's the other thing too. They said that they. We're going to drive his cruiser back home. That's when they found the beverages inside because of he, they thought he was having a diabetic, apparently, thing, an, uh, issue. And, yeah. And the beer was open, and, like, I think there was three-quarters of the way gone. Uh, all that stuff. So, yeah. So he was... And then they did the blood alcohol. That was a Guys, come on. Come on, come on, come on. That's so bad. That's so dangerous. You can't... Come on. We have uh, more on the way, including... Some of the latest with Biden's Mexico visit, the House coming together, all kinds of stuff. Stick with us.
2: People seem to believe, you know, Hakeem Jeffries in his speech that it was supposed to be introducing Kevin McCarthy It last about an hour, he celebrated the
0: unanimity of the Democrats. President Xi likes unanimity in China as well. That's not the nature of American democracy in my view. Ooh, ooh, that's how you answer that question. Ooh, ooh. As Congressman Dan Bishop on Hakeem Jeffries talking about how Democrats are just so single-minded on, on every issue. Look at us, look at us. We're all just so, hmm. That was a great slap down. Welcome, welcome back to the program. Top of the third hour here. Dana Lash with you. Happy Monday. It's our first full week. Of the new year, and uh, I, the, the the speaker fight is behind us now. Did we learn anything? No, but it's behind us now, right? We gotta go. We gotta go onward. We gotta get. People need to get over grievances, and you know, we need to be. We we got to be able to disagree on certain things, and let that go, unless it's on a big serious issue like you know your gun rights or life or you know, something like that. That's all huge. And kind of get on with it you know we have to be able to attend to the business of the country and I keep going back to because I I had a not a friend an associate I should say could not understand just why it was that why is it so incredibly important that you have these investigations happen with hunter biden and the biden family because i was looking i wanted to tell you some of the committees this all plays into it some of the uh how some of this is going because you have tom massey who's been put on certain committees you know you're going to have jim jordan who's slated to handle the house judiciary they're apparently going to oh and the chair the weaponization of government select committee that's the new that's the other thing it is the select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. And that's part of, that's actually one of the things that they've always wanted to do. That's not, that was not a new get. That was something that has been in the works for a while. In fact, I think the first time that we heard of it was when Massey was on the show a while ago and had said that this was something that everyone was seemingly singularly, supportive of and it's the judiciary chair he's going to be leading the subcommittee of the of this committee so this is specifically going to investigate communications between what biden and uh, the administration's conversations with big tech companies as a as a result partly because of the twitter files they're going to be looking into all of this Axio said that the new select subcommittee is partly a response to the revelations from the internal documents branded the Twitter files. And they're also going to be looking not just into that, but also how the Fauci approach to COVID misinformation and the DOJ's interaction with school boards and parents and the masking and other things, how, and the disinformation governance board. So this is one of the things that they're, they're pushing for now this is i had a friend say that oh, uh, well this is just revenge this is jets oh my gosh and i i, I say friend associate it's someone who is a more moderate leftist and every now and then we'll snipe at each other and they had messaged me and said doesn't don't there's no part how, how do they say it uh there's no part of this that you think that you think is petty and i said no there's no part of this i think is petty here's And I I told them, here's why you should also be in support of this. Imagine if the tables were turned and you had a Republican administration that had been pushing a private entity to act as an agent of state towards any kind of dissent with that status quo. Like, regardless, that's not the government's decision to be making, nor should they be pushing private companies to exert influence on public conversation and as a substitute for support of, of that administration's policy. There's a lot of stuff here to be able to investigate this separately from, and then there's going to be a whole other thing looking into the administration's relationship financially and the business dealings of Biden with China. I mean, people made up stories because Trump had a phone call with Zelensky. And they made up all kinds of stories about that and they thought that was an impeachable offense. Would it not be... I mean, this there's even more... There are actual receipts here. I mean, you had Joe Biden meeting with the very people that Hunter Biden was doing business with. Joe Biden as Vice President of the United States, also with a clear plan to run for president, meeting with the very people that... His son was doing business with entering into financial relationships with cutting deals with and I think that by helping the number one geopolitical foe of the United States gain ownership of the largest cobalt mine in the world, which is a requirement for any kind of EV anything, which is what this administration wants to transition the country fully to to the point where certain states are banning certain types of vehicles from the roads in California, then that deserves scrutiny. If you're making money off of helping a geopolitical foe further monopolize an industry that we will depend on for your entire EV policy, that deserves scrutiny. I don't know how anybody could be resistant to this. Especially when it was revealed by associates, who then began blowing the whistle on it, that they were making millions upon millions of dollars off of this. I think everybody wonders, how does Joe Biden have so much money? I mean, he's been in government for forever. How does he have so much money? They're not supposed to make a whole hell of a lot. How does he have so much money? Well, because he merged out his, po- his power. They merch it out. They, they brand it. They merchandise it. That's why. So it absolutely does merit scrutiny, and I just cannot believe that here, you know, anybody would argue against this. Everybody wanted to be so transparent when Trump was in office, but I'll be damned. Now they wanna, they don't care if, if Biden isn't honest and open about these these the business that he's agreements that he has. And you can't sit here and say that Biden wasn't part of it when you got ten percent going to the big guy, and he's and you have these people whose names showed up publicly as meeting with Joe Biden in Washington D.C. And when they've, they've been mentioned in, as having met in emails. I mean, you can't, you can't dodge this. This is all public record. And it absolutely does merit any kind, of, uh, any kind of investigation. My gosh, they went after Mike Flynn for nothing. But this? You don't think that this, helping China? And, and that's just one aspect of it. There's a hell of a lot more there. So this isn't petty, and it's not about revenge. I And I do think that there should be an investigation. There should be a select subcommittee about the government using private entities as agents of states to suppress speech. If you can't get behind an investigation of that, then I think we maybe we are two different Americas. Good grief. There's just there's no excuse for it. A few other things that I wanted to make sure that we hit. This was never, ever... There are a couple of things here. Um this censorship part of it, and I wanted to jump into this as it relates to the select subcommittee. With more of the Twitter files out, ever more and more, with the White House directing big tech to censor everyone from journalists like Paul Sperry to even my friend Tucker Carlson, Rob Flaherty, who is with the Biden administration, was apparently, and he's the White House director of digital strategy, by the way, Rob Flaherty was complaining about Tucker Carlson because Carlson had said that coronavirus vaccines don't actually work. And he wasn't wrong. He actually mentioned Carlson in an email saying that he wanted Facebook to censor Carlson for saying that the vaccines didn't work. And the weird thing is, is that when Carlson was saying this, this is about the time that people were actually questioning when the very beginning, this was in 21 at the very beginning, when people were wondering about the efficacy and people kept asking, well, was this studied with the vaccines? And that was after women, um, what they they hadn't they hadn't studied it came out that they hadn't studied anything with regards to women women's hormones uh, menstrual cycles fertility etc in relation to the injection that it came out that they had not been studying that and so people were questioning the efficacy he wasn't seeing anything crazy and then of course you know it comes out that the cdc was like oh yeah by the way it doesn't actually transfer immunity so technically it's not actually a vaccine so They had said Rob Flaherty had actually wanted, wanted Facebook to censor. I mean, verbatim. The top post about vaccines today is Tucker Carlson saying they don't work. Wow. And they wanted him, according to the emails that were part of the Twitter file. They, they said that you can't pump the most vaccine hesitant audience with Carlson Carlson saying it doesn't work. And they also want—they wanted a bunch of people censored. Like they were telling them to suppress or remove accounts. That absolutely merits scrutiny, does it not? How could anybody talk again? How could anybody oppose that? And that's just what was caught, by the way. Twitchy had a roundup of the thread showing everything with the Biden White House and they're colluding with these companies to censor different viewpoints and silence misinformation. Whether it was Robert Kennedy Jr., who I don't agree with on everything, or whether it was Tucker Carlson, or whoever it was, they said that they were giving, they were colluding with them to silence any questions that would promote vaccine hesitancy. And they said that They really couldn't care less about products unless they're having measurable impact as it relates to suppressing the questions to the status quo. I mean, this is crazy. All these emails show without any any deliberation required that the administration was conspiring with social media companies to censor people. Now, there's been a couple of attorney generals that have decided they've pushed back on this. And I I think state by state, it needs to happen. I know Florida has been doing this. Missouri's new Attorney General Andrew Bailey has said this is something that he is looking to pursue. And I hope more Attorney Generals follow suit as well. Now, it's in an era where media should be questioning why the government is has to go to these lengths. The burden of of, of proof the Burden of making the case should always be on the government always be on the state and instead of questioning why this isn't so You have media either ignoring the stories or trying to in some way Delegitimize the source they are trying so hard to ignore this. I think this is one of the biggest stories of the modern era It is actual proof that the federal government was working to silence critics I've never seen anything like this. I mean, the closest that we got to this previously was the true squad back during the Obama election when he was running for president. And that was a that. But that was a state thing. That was the state of Missouri and the Democrats in Missouri. That wasn't the federal government issue. That's the closest that I've ever seen. I mean, and this is again, I want to caution you. This is just the stuff we know. Can you imagine what we don't know? Is that being is that irresponsible speculation? I mean, is there enough evidence to be like, can you imagine what we don't know and kind of beg the question a bit with the assumption that it does, there is a lot more out there. We have more to come. And uh, I am, we have Dane Stupidity on the way as well. Uh, I have a number, I have a couple of other things to get. make sure that you're set up for this week.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
0: I kind of robbed you all here, and I apologize for that. But uh, I, a couple of things, and I'm pulling up the story on this. So Moderna is considering a price increase for their vaccine because Pfizer had increased there, right? So they're they're a, a competing with each other. So now it could be 110 to $130 for it. Originally, it was 15 to 16 per dose in the supply contracts that they had originally made with the government. And that's according to the Wall Street Journal. So we'll talk a little bit more about that here coming up. Uh, the United States has released top Cuban spy Anya Belen uh, Montes after 20 years in prison. She was free, 65 now. She was guilty, found guilty of espionage back in 2002. One of the highest ranking U.S. officials ever proven to have spied for Cuba. So she's now been released after being behind bars. Mm-hmm. So coming up, we'll talk about that Pfizer Moderna competition. I got a couple of other things to get you set up with. So don't go anywhere. Back after this.
1: Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others.
0: The
2: Dana Show. But I want to make clear, this isn't about trying to... Chip Roy wants a spot on a committee. I haven't been promised anything, literally. I've I've got nothing out of this deal for me personally. Does that mean I might end up on rules committee? Maybe, if that's what my colleagues want. We still have to go through that process. But what we have extracted are promises from the speaker to make sure that we have ideological diversity and representation among these uh, committees.
0: Now, that's not beyond, you know, uh, the consideration. And I know the rules committee, that was one of the things he wasn't really super excited about because that, I mean, it requires a little, I think it's good if you're in D.C. and you have older kids, but when you have younger kids and you want to spend as much time possible as possible with them, it's a little harder to accept something like that. You got to be out there Sunday. You got to get everything set up for Monday. And he doesn't, he wants to be able to have that time with his kids it's a tough thing so there's welcome back to the program bottom of our third hour dana lash here with you and it's you know i get it it's a it's a it's a it's a tough uh it's tough to figure out because i think some people do want certain seats other people don't want seats that other people want them to have so it's it's not fun for anybody all right a couple of things i'm going to have some information on just some of the latest headlines about, you know, the rules stuff and all of that in there with you, uh, for you. Two things I want to hit. Uh, first and foremost, this elect this electric versus the gas stove thing. I was telling you about this a little earlier. Which is, to me, a huge issue. Because I, a major foodie, major baker, major cook, I'm pulling up my story now, Uh I, th- I saw this starting to gain traction like a, maybe 18 months ago. And it had to do with, um, I guess, some mom influencers on social media or something like this. And they were saying that it's dangerous to have gas stoves in your house. And now the, this U.S. Safety Agency is considering a ban on gas stoves. I will never get rid of my gas stove. U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is going to move to regulate gas stoves as new research links them to childhood asthma. And it can affect respiratory problems and all of this other... Oh, my... It, I get, that's so... Kane's rolling his eyes. This is just... Again, it's political science. It's not science science. And we've talked about it a little bit before, but this was before an agency decided to, to review it and consider... If they ban, I would make the government physically try to come to my house and take out my stove. But remember, Texas has castle doctrine, so I don't know how well that's going to work out. Because I'm not ever getting rid of my stove. I just had it recalibrated and everything because it was a little getting, it was a little uneven. Um, I'm a nut, and now it's like perfect. And I'm like, it, what can I put in the oven? What can I bake? What can I put in? Like everything's got to get baked. So I. There's no way That and my stovetop, It's just There's no way I would ever have an electric I had an electric cooktop And I ripped it out Because I was not dealing with it I'd rather cook over a flipping campfire Than on an electric stove I'm not kidding you If I could not get a gas stove And if I could I would legit cook in a, in a, a fire pit I'm not kidding you Not kidding you I am that hardcore about it I hate electric Have I told you how much I hate them? I hate them what? Do you you have a preference too, don't you, Kane?
2: I prefer now. I've had gas stoves in the past, which I absolutely love, but I currently have an electric stove, which I don't like, but I still use. Yeah, um, I would totally do that. But the problem here is that same gas that feeds their stove is the same gas that feeds their furnace. Um, yeah. Th- so they're heating their home every year with that same gas. So if they're just going to blame stoves only, yeah, that's a little short sighted. That's
0: so dumb. Yeah, and you also think about your fireplaces, your gas fireplace, like you were saying, so many other things. This is so goofy. I it's just I actually there was one woman who had a gas fireplace and was talking about, oh, we've got to get rid of my gas stove. Oh, shush up. I can't deal with you. Can't deal with you. The other thing I wanted to hit is this. I I dropped this in Slack and I'm going to include this in your email prep. So we were talking back and forth on break here about the price hike because Moderna's jacking up the price of their coronavirus shot five times. One hundred thirty dollars now. So that they can compete with Pfizer's, they had previously been twenty six to the government twenty six dollars. Wasn't it lower than that, like originally? Yeah, it was like they estimate that they cost a dollar and eighteen cents to make them. So this is a ten thousand percent markup. It's it's twenty six dollars a dose right now. It doesn't work though. How in the why in the hell are they selling? I mean, shouldn't it work? If you're gonna get it, shouldn't it work? Just wondering. It seems like an obvious thing. I just, there, how are you raising the price of something that clearly doesn't work? And it doesn't work because the CDC is even like, this doesn't work. How do you do this? How is it that, exp- how are you raising the, the, the price on it that much? And people are going to pay it. There are going to be people out there who pay this. Now, the third thing I want to make sure that I bring up with you, I have a piece coming about this. I tweeted about it yesterday. I don't know if y'all saw it. Uh, It's a it was in Houston. This guy's not charged with a crime, uh, but he's not being charged with a crime. But there was uh, a guy who went into this taqueria in Houston and he uh, was robbing victims. He like he he went up to him and uh, was armed demanding their phones, any kind of jewelry watches, their money. At gunpoint many customers dropped to the ground Handed over their stuff And then there was a good guy with a gun there And he drew down, shot the robber nine times Apparently one shot was to the head Security footage captured it And then he picked up the stolen money And other belongings like the cell phones And handed them all back to the victims I mean this is like some Pulp fiction stuff And it was about 11.30 at night No charges have been filed against the man But they do want to talk to him I know it's standard operating procedure to answer questions to police. And you always want to be very aware of what your uh, rights are in your because states do differ with a number of things. But this I mean, this very much was a good guy with a gun. He stopped. I mean, who knows what apparent they, later they discovered police discovered that the gun was fake, but when you're looking at the, at the video of the robbery, you can't tell from the video. And if you're going to go around and point a gun in somebody's face, UFAFO, that's your issue if it's, you know, I mean, you, you, you can't blame the victims for thinking that the guy robbing them didn't really have a lethal way, an immediate lethal way of enforcing it. Especially, I didn't see no orange tip or anything like that on this when I was looking at the video. Was it a fake, though? I mean, it was, police say that it, they, the first report was that it was a plastic BB gun. That's what came in from HPD. So I, I don't think the guy's in trouble. Clearly, he felt threatened by this. And he can say that, you know, he, he can absolutely say it's, it's clear self-defense. Now, some people were saying, well, he left the scene. I, like I said, I know it's standard operating procedure to not leave the scene. And when I've gone through defensive classes, they always say to answer questions and be the first person to call 911 and all of that other stuff. Because it does, again, and these things can differ state to state, but under Texas law, it's very important to know what your rights are. People thought it was, you know, a real gun. Now, lawyers would tell you, you don't have, I mean, there's not a legal obligation to, to make you stay on the scene of a situation like that. But lawyers would advise you to stay there and answer questions because it is standard operating procedure. So I think he clearly acted in self-defense. But here's the issue, because there were people who were apparently like some people were mad about this, which I just don't get and I was tweeting about this yesterday. I mean, I always think don't ever try to you know complicate clear self defense by you know doing something you know, always be smart. and like I said, I think this guy it seems like he knew his rights under Texas law. But here's the thing: criminals are celebrated while law abiding people are demonized in in so many major cities across the country. So clearly, it makes any reluctance that he might have to stay and answer questions completely understandable. Especially in Houston. Don't they have a pretty aggressive DA? As I understand it, a pretty lefty, aggressive DA. I mean, here's the other thing. What did people, particularly in Houston, because the way I understand it, um, I had listeners telling me that this was a left-leaning area you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the DA and who's the jurisdiction, etc. What do people think would happen when you adopt the rot of restorative justice with activist judges who enable violent criminality and they enable high recidivism with reduced penalty after reduced penalty after reduced penalty at all at the expense of public safety? What do people think was going to happen? When prosecutors drop charges or they allow somebody to plead down to nothing or they just don't prosecute at all, when judges wrist slap, repeat violent offenders, when those who enact law and order remove the fear of penalty from violent crime, citizens are forced into a position to act to defend themselves. And then later they're Insanely excoriated for it by the very people who put them in that position. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't trust a DA with something like that. I just, because you never know, you could get somebody who's very, could get a socialist who's very uh, happy to litigate something like this. But, I mean, that's, I, I, like I said, I think this is a clear case of self defense. Now, a couple of other things to touch on. Colorado is going to try to also institute an assault weapons ban. I can't. That's going to be so dang unconstitutional. And I would imagine that that gets litigated because it includes a number of things. Does, I think it includes Glocks and all kinds of stuff. I'm like, everything's an assault weapons ban of these people. Absolutely everything. And I had said earlier, I had the headline that the Fifth Circuit Court overturned that Trump era bump stock ban it was the ban on bump stocks that he had introduced it's just an accessory and it doesn't turn a semi-automatic gun into a full auto it just allows it to shoot at an increased uh rate of fire and so that was struck down by the fifth circuit court of appeals and they concluded which i agree with that the atf rushed this whole thing they were trying to approve this rule to define it as a machine gun. Some people were saying that that was a good compromise so it's not outright banned. But if it's an NFA item, isn't it somewhat banned? And um, that's rhetorical it is. I'm not begging the question because it is. It I mean it is not, NFA meaning National Firearms Act regulated under that law. So, they're saying that the the ATF did not have the authority to do this from Congress. They said, quote, a plain reading of the statutory language paired with the close consideration of mechanics of the semi-automatic firearm reveal that a bump stock is excluded from the technical definition of a machine gun, as outlined in both the Gun Control Act and the National Firearms Act. Now, that's true. It was, I mean, it was, some, some thought that by, that this compromise was going to allow, we're going to prevent this from being banned, but I think all it did was it set up a, uh, An invitation to look at trigger engagement And everything else It was never turning anything into machine gun It just increases the rate of fire I've told you before I think bump stocks are stupid Because it wastes ammo I've always thought that But does that mean that That opinion is the same thing as believing That they should be banned Under this BS rushed process through the ATF No Because if you can do that with this Then you can do it with a whole host of things So this was the correct ruling from the 5th Circuit And we'll watch and see where that goes. We have more on the way you don't want to miss as we get moving. uh, We have today's stupidity on the way. So stay with us.
1: Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: So House Republicans are trying to finish some, some of this organizing business. There's a couple of contested chairmanships. Homeland Security, Ways and Means, Budget and Education. Uh, They're trying to wrap that up as well. And there's this story, too, that came out. I'm pulling this up. That gets into, it's from Politico. And it says Rogers, Mike Rogers, the Alabama Republican. He was the guy who, it was what Richard Hudson who grabbed his face during the pointing. He pointed and yelled at Gates. Nobody was fighting on the floor. Good grief. Uh, But they said Rogers is preparing to step down from his position on steering committee, uh, saying that uh, they would they would elect uh, they would have someone else. They would elect somebody else to fill a spot. Steering committee is what gives everybody the uh, all their assignments for all these these different committees and and all of that. So interesting, interesting moves. And we're going to give you an update on that as it gets in. This is some of the weed stuff, but I'll put it in your email prep. For those of you who subscribe to that over on Substack, a chapter and verse. So if you want to if you want to keep in keep in uh, uh, track of all of that stuff, we'll we'll make sure we have it. A few other things just to wrap up everything else. I'll be on Jesse Waters' program tonight, uh, six p.m. Central Hour. I had to think, but and the topic that it looks like we're going to be hitting right now is. The CDC's guidance on how to classify populations so as to not offend anybody. Preferred terms for select population groups and communities. And so inmate, prisoner, convict, ex-convict, offender, criminal, parolee, detainee. You're not allowed to say that anymore. I'm not kidding you. This is what they're telling you to do. So instead of inmate or prisoner, you would say people, persons who are incarcerated or detained. Oh, an inmate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Instead, or you would say um, uh, convict or ex-convict, persons who were formerly incarcerated. Oh, an ex-convict? Parolee, persons on parole or probation. They're making language dumber. How does, how is saying persons on parole or probation in any way different from saying parolee? Oh, you're on parole, so you're a parolee? No, I'm on parole. A parolee? No, I'm on parole. A detainee? Persons detained by or under the custody of specific agency. Disability. They have a whole thing on that. Drug use. Smokers. People who smoke. So you can't say smoker. You have to say people who smoke. Okay. Wait, that's a... That's a smoker, though. Or a, re, a person who relapsed, persons who returned to use. This is so petty and stupid. Oh, my gosh. Or if you, could, if you say that someone's uninsured, you can't just say uninsured. You have to say people who are uninsured. Oh, my gosh. Like, who am I talking about? My chair? No, my dog. My dog is on... Shut up! Today in stupidity, Kane.
2: Oh, you caught me off guard there. Sorry. I was having too much fun with it. All right. Uh, this is Corrine Jean-Pierre. She's claiming Biden's border enforcement measures. They've been working. Have you noticed they've been working? I haven't, I haven't noticed they've been working at all. The,
0: the president's border uh, uh, enforcement measures are working. Really? But again, this, these are steps that he, the president is able to take. Steps. He's taking this clearly very seriously.
2: I wish he'd hurry up with the steps. Because he's had two years right now, so apparently his measures that are working, we have yet to see evidence of that.
0: Yeah, no, 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 it's not working at all. Until it happens, what what is working? Like that they that they left the doors open. Yeah, exactly. That's working. (sighs) Maybe we shouldn't call it a border. What would the CDC have us call it? Oh, yeah, the line between countries. That's that. That's what it is. Folks, that does it for us today. Make sure to catch me on Jesse Waters' program this evening. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow.